Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 50 of the Launch Sequence Podcast. I'm excited to be here, finally. It's taken forever. We got a new intro. We got two awesome guests today, Zero State and Moist Noodle, coming in here, and we're hopefully going to try and have a conversation about what we enjoy about Star Citizen right now, the the, the small list, or we'll, we'll see how big the list is. But how are you guys doing today? After you, Zero. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> We, we, this is, I am uh, doing of well. I'm doing well. It's uh, it's early on a Saturday for me. I stayed up a little bit too late last night. I did, but it. I'm I'm caffeinated and I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm doing all right. Also, it's also very early for me. It's ten to four in the afternoon. Ooh. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, Tomato. So sorry to take you so much out of your element there, middle of your day. I know how that yeah, can sorry, be. Dude. It's fine. No problem, dude. Well, we actually got uh, Moist Noodle here in the middle of his stream. You're currently live, right? Yes. So we're so mixing things no up. So pay no attention to my chat. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're mixing things up today. But both Zero State and uh, Moist Noodle are two streamers who have been playing the game for quite a while, who have been struggling through the grind for the sake of other people's entertainment and can probably speak a little bit more towards how the game's been treating everybody lately. So... I thought they'd be two great people to, to bring in for that. I honestly wanted to get you guys earlier on in the year. We, we talked about that briefly, Moist, but I'm glad to finally get you on now. And I think it's a better time, to be honest, because there's more Absolutely. to talk about. Yeah, there's, there's, there's more news and excitement in the air. So mm. why don't we go ahead and... Well, actually, I'm sorry. I always start this off by introducing the folks and letting people who are listening know who they're actually hearing. So why don't we start with you, Zero State. You... Uh, you're a streamer here with Star Citizen, but kind of like, where did that start? Did you, were you playing games before? Did you start streaming before Star Citizen? What's your story? Well, I've been a gamer my whole life, you know, um, but uh, I, I've i been playing Star Citizen. I really, I mean, I backed in 20, like late 2013. So um, kind of just on and off, you know, every time that there'd be like some module that would come out, like, oh, check it out for a while or whatever. Um and uh took part in the spk wars in uh two point whatever 2.67 whatever it was and uh basically just kind of checked out the project now and then i've been streaming for about five years and uh yeah a little well a little over five years and um more seriously streaming in the last like two years two and a half years and then uh, i've been playing star citizen very kind of very seriously as it were like a lot uh, for for maybe the last like year year and three quarters two years kind of really got back into it mm -hmm. um and uh yeah i mean just been going from there cool cool so you really got into it the last couple of years that's the same story as me i was i was playing yeah. on and off for like five years and then finally the game got to a place where i was like okay i could jump into this every week yeah well it's it's hard to get it it's it's hard for most people to get into a game that wasn't really a game yet yeah yeah i mean even now it's <laughs> it's still kind of in question for a lot of people yeah true yeah um noodle how about you you've been on here before but there's as jared likes to say it's always somebody's first time can you can you tell people uh where you come from in this story so i've been around since all we had was the hangar module essentially um didn't play a huge amount um because I only had an Aurora in my hangar. <laughs> so there wasn't much to explore. 
Um, but the patch where I really kind of jumped in and started playing a lot was 3.0. Um, I had played every patch previous to that, but um, only had a uh, a 5800K with a 970, GTX 970. So my frame rate back then, this was prior to object container streaming, wasn't great. Um, I remember getting excited because once I had 30 FPS near Port Olisar, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, but 3.4 was when I really fell in love with Star Citizen, which was the original uh, Jump Town. And that's where I really delved into PvP and found my love of PvP. And that's also the patch when I kind of started streaming. Um, and I've been streaming ever since. And every quarter, um, it's uh, it's an up and down from patch to patch it can either be incredibly amazing or um incredibly rough and and for me the the last couple of years have been quite rough because of the of course i can't go on a single podcast without talking about the state of desync um <laughs> the last two years the desync has got worse and worse and worse up until now and um it's like we're playing a new game again yeah it's lovely yeah and we'll be diving into that so you were you definitely took part part in the original Jump Town War Zero. Were you kind of doing that stuff at the time? Uh, I I, lo I remember logging in and finding Jump Town um, and getting my uh, well, getting my ass kicked uh, <laughs> mostly. But uh, yeah, I mean, I um, I remember logging in a few times and playing uh, with a couple of friends back then. But that wasn't really I wasn't real serious with the game then, you know. Um, I probably got really back into the game like 3.7, 3.7, 3.8, something like that. Okay. So I was a little late for that, but I, I was, like I said, over, every like, you know, three months or six months, I would play for a couple of weeks and set up whatever joystick setup I had at the time and, and try to do some things with it, you know? But, okay. So I guess before I want to get to kind of the current state of the game then, Something I didn't get to talk with people too much about because I don't really take that much part in, in more of the uh, uh, dynamic events as much as I'd like to. But how did the new version of Jump Town treat you guys? And, and what did you think of it compared to what used to be in the game, what used to happen with Jump Town? Um, I guess I'll go first on this one. Um, I... I didn't have a ton of experience with the original Jump Town, but the experience that I did have, it was very, it was just incredibly player driven because there was nothing that wasn't player driven. Mm -hmm. And this one w was somewhat player driven, but it, it's kind of, and I, I don't mean to, to rag on CIG too much here, but CIG does have a bit of a history lately of creating things and building things that are so close to the bullseye and then they just like miss by one inch and you're like, oh, you could have had it, you know, and Jump Town yeah. to me was one of those things. It was still very fun. It was still very close to a bullseye, but there was like three or four kind of, to me, felt like very obvious tweaks, like a second entrance or a roof entrance or something um, that would have just been like, oh, that's a bullseye, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's close. It's fun. It's great gameplay. Um, and I had a ton of fun with it and made some good money in the game too and had a, and had a lot of a lot of fun with a lot of friends but um it just wasn't quite at that mark and it's i know it's so hard to hit that mark all the time but yeah 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 that's how i kind of felt about it it's interesting because i actually forced myself to play in, in a different way 
to how I normally would. I think a lot of people know me mainly for dogfighting. I actually did very little dogfighting at the new Jump Town. Um, and it's all because of Salty Mike. Yeah, so Salty Mike and, and Captain Burks. Um, we decided instead to just let other people load up their ships and then we stole their ships. <laughs> which was which was great fun, but I agree with Zero. Uh, it's one of those things where it was, it was so close, but not quite there. Uh, for example, only having one door into the building... Uh, which to be fair, stinks, man. One yeah, door. which in CID's defense, they did say we just didn't have enough time to put the second door in because it it needed new tech, which I understand. Um, but they, I think they missed the point of what made the original Jump Town so great, and that was the risk. And other than wasting some time, which is what playing video games is, right? Um, hey now, come on! There was there, don't attack me. There was very little. There was very little risk in the new Jump Town, right? Because you didn't put your own money up front. I I would have much preferred if you had to pay the machine or something like that up front to spit out the boxes, right? So you were literally risking your own money. Um, but uh, other than that, I I I think it was still a a, a great event. Mm -hmm. Um, and and probably for me the best dynamic event they've done so far cool yeah and and going by their past history the way that they sort of take feedback like this and make changes you guys are you pretty confident that they'll take what they learned from this first run of this and kind of make something better out of jump town in the future you know it's funny that you say that because i don't think they actually do have that good of a track record when it comes to the dynamic events and taking feedback <laughs> because with Xenothreat, the only feedback that they really listened to was preventing people from grief or trying to prevent people griefing by adding the Comoray, right? And to send griefers to prison. But then for the Ninetales event, it's completely busted. It's, it, the Ninetales event was supposed to be a PvP event, but there is actually no financial incentive for red players. So yeah. it's just turned into an event of trading, actually. But the funny thing is, right, that it's literally the best time to trade because trading is so busted in Star Citizen <laughs> right now. So it's literally turned into a trading event, and they, they haven't really tweaked that event at all. So I have some faith that they will uh, address uh, things like the door. Mm. But I, I have a funny feeling that's the only thing they'll really change. Um, well, it's, it's yeah, nice we'll, they'll be able to change that up because they have new outpost types coming in. So they won't even have to true. change what they were doing yeah. before. They just throw those in there. Yeah. Xenothread yeah. or Ninetales Lockdown was, to me, like, I feel like Ninetales Lockdown is the best idea of the three, even, even including Jumptown for me. Um, it was just the least developed of yeah. the three by far. You could tell that they spent the least amount of time on it. They tried to get it all together. It's a cool event, but um, and it, the hard thing is, it with the cargo refactor or like with uh, physicalized cargo, uh, either stopping pirating or destroying those medical ships, people like running like a C2 full of med supplies or something, right? Um, you stop that ship and you can pirate that ship, take the cargo and then either sell it yourself or, you know, have it, right? Um, or turn it into somebody at Grim Hex or whatever for money, just like Jump Town, but in a different, you know, situation where the criminals get paid for the anti hero mission right um 
right now it actually generates the idea of traders calling people griefers because if you do what you're supposed to do as a red player and destroy the medical ships, destroy the medical running ships, you're just killing players and getting right. nothing for it. Yeah. And so the players then know that and they go, oh, you're just blowing me up because you wanted to blow me up, you griefer. And it's like the event kind of, it was again, so close to a bullseye, you know, creating this, this system where like everybody can benefit and there's a healthy ecosystem of red, blue players, that kind of thing. And a good, you know, competitive uh, ecosystem. And it, created a space where some players call other players griefers and other players are frustrated because they don't get any money out of the situation when they feel like they were supposed to so it's just so close but it missed by that little bit and because it missed by that little bit then uh it created this you know kind of a monster as it were it's a good point it it that was the event that felt the most like they were really trying to create it to test the the quantum and quasar systems that they were working on and it, and it didn't rely on combat near, I would say it kind of was around the same as, as a Xeno threat because you had to also do some of that package carrying with Xeno threat. But this one really felt like it would have benefited the most from more working features than the other two dynamic events. Yeah, I, yeah, I, so I hope to, more development. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hope to see it coming back better. But they've also talked about a lot of events or maybe not a lot, but several events that they have planned for this year. Um and we've seen some leaks here and there on that stuff but have you guys heard about or thought about what you might want to see from new dynamic events honestly not I, a I whole lot no. i try not to because <laughs> yeah. the way that i exist in this community is that i try not to imagine things to get excited because <laughs> then i'm not let down when nothing happens i wish i could stop myself so, Yes, you have um, to limit the intake of copium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I take what's given to me and I try to enjoy it the best I can, essentially. That's fair. That's fair. Well, they, we won't get into leaks on this podcast because I generally don't touch on that too much. But the, the, the upcoming event for the next, uh, for Invictus Week has leaked out with some more details. We've seen on the monthly reports, though, they've talked about these mission these new dynamic events having more segmented missions more voiced characters and they seem a little bit more modular like they want to get people involved in more than just like okay go here kill these people and then run away um that's personally what i've been looking for so i i do really hope that we see something that's less combat related and more kind of focused on teamwork and maybe Me. taking advantage of <laughs> um but, i'm i'm gonna sound like a typical old age star citizen now when i say do it boomer tessa banister like more of that please yeah like they the tessa banister missions there weren't really so for those who might not know what i'm talking about tessa banister back in the oldie days uh there was a story arc and it was um uh, a number of missions that were very hard to complete and i i I can't even remember if I actually ever completed it because we didn't have any level of persistence back then and servers would crash every 15 minutes. So if you didn't finish all of them before the server crashed, you had to start from the beginning. Um, and essentially it was entirely voice acted. Uh, the voice actor was great. And essentially she was based at a comma ray and she was getting like um, uh, emergency distress beacons going off. And you had to go to the distress beacons and potentially pick up the black boxes. 
And, and what was uh, amazing for me was when you picked up the black boxes, it then played the last moments of the person on the ship. And like some of it was genuinely heartbreaking. It was so well written and so well acted. And then eventually it came, ended up with a boss at the end that you fought. And um, it made you care about the character and the, the other characters and the people on these ships. Um, and it made, even though there weren't NPCs necessarily flying around the verse and we didn't have all the planets and stuff back then, it made the verse feel alive, right? And that's a big criticism that I have of Star Citizen right now in that the universe doesn't feel alive. I don't no. hear radio chatter in the background when I'm flying around like near stations oh, and stuff so, like, like that. Like Elite Dangerous um, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, obviously I understand why we don't have NPCs flying around because of server performance and stuff like that and also some of the uh, whatever. Um, but there are little things that they can do to make the universe feel alive, including with the missions, right? And um, even now, I think my reading comprehension is terrible. I'm so ADHD that um, I skip entire lines, right? So for me, reading mission logs in the mobile glass isn't great. And I would much prefer to hear what the mission giver is giving to me. Um, and I don't know, it just make it feel alive, right? And, and that's kind of what I... I'm desperately hoping for in terms of, um, you know, I, I, I get it. They, they want to have lots of missions in the mode less. I assume they probably won't all be voice acted in the future, but in terms yeah. of the dynamic events, I would like to, to, to have those feel a little bit more alive, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think the, the Tessa Bannister missions were still the best piece of mm. narrative missions in general that they've had in the game so far i like them more than any of the yeah. mission givers we've had because yeah. like you said you would fly you get back to a, a spot a predetermined spot and she'd just you know pop up on the speakers she'd have a little bit of chatter maybe make a joke build that rapport and like actually make you feel like you were talking to somebody rather than just like some some dude who's, hey, i got a job for you come to the bar it's like okay yeah. all right buddy yeah. well yeah. <laughs> that's cool but I want more than that. And yeah, I think Tessa Bannister was like the best, the best proof that they can do cool missions in this game. Um, we got a petition to bring her back. Petitions don't mean anything, no, Tomato. Oh. Okay, fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got a boycott to bring her back. <laughs> there we go. Don't, don't yeah. buy ships until Tessa's back. Zero, did you get to do those missions at all back then? Not a whole lot. Uh, it it kind of went down a couple of the... Uh, the the you know mission lines a little bit but not not a whole lot never really really got into it yeah. the one mission giver that I always really liked mostly because of the location uh, was um, Reco Reco Battaglia Battaglia mm -hmm. yeah and uh, she was just so cool and there was a lot of little details in like her office and everything and the missions she sent you on were normal but they were cool and you you got to go to Levski which was always nice um, and uh, yeah I mean it's just kind of it's it's nice to like meet face to face. And even if, even if it wasn't always face to face, like if every like third mission was a face to face mm. meeting, that would be fine, yeah. you know, because it's like you meet them and then like you go down this quest line and you could do it with a rep system, right? So every time that you level up in reputation, you have to go have another meeting for a new type of mission or whatever, you know, um, which Miles kind of, or, yeah, is it Miles? Miles? Yeah, Miles kind of does that where you like you meet him once and then you go down this quest line a little bit and then he wants you to like meet him again 
for the group version of his missions, um, which is kind of cool. You've kind of given but, me an idea. What's that? Sorry to interrupt you. Since right. 317 launched, I've done something different every single day. Um, Sorry, my camera's out of focus. You have there. very nice fingers. Yeah, those are good I know, my camera's out of focus. So I have to just <laughs> leave the fingers up for the podcast. Um, <laughs> and I have never actually successfully ever finished a mission giver mission. Ever. Really? Like they've wow. always broken for me every time I've oh. tried them. So tomorrow I might actually go through and see if I can do some mission giver missions. Thank you for the inspiration, Zero. So I was I watching... Um, can't remember who it was. It was Galathir. I was watching Galathir and he was doing missions for. Oh, I can't remember who it was. Uh, there's somebody at Art Corp still. I forget. Oh, Twitch. Twitch, yeah. Twitch. I think it was Twitch. Yeah. And, She's uh, cool. She might be my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... And. <sighs> Sorry, go ahead. Ruto. I think he was doing Ruto missions as well. Actually, I think I've done some of Ruto's missions, but only like the first patch that he was introduced, which was probably the least buggy that he was. I'm, I'm kind of bummed out that uh, they never got Twitch's hair into the game. They, they, when they first brought her in, they talked about that they showed the model off and then they were like, yeah, so we haven't gotten her hair working, but we're hoping to have that working soon. So for now, she'll just they have a cap They are still on. working on the hips yeah, though, right? Yeah. It's coming soon. So well. that'll be actually be really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's actually a great topic though i guess to kind of start on the current state of the game because a lot of people don't even know mission givers are a thing so sometimes i'll i'll be on like reddit or somewhere and you'll see somebody be like you know what these these missions this contract manager is great but we should be able to go to like a, a bulletin board in a city or somewhere where we can get yeah. actual specific missions for that place or maybe meet someone we could talk to about that i'm like they've got a whole mission giver system that they kind of put on the back burner i think mainly because they're waiting for server meshing um but you you said that twitch is your favorite right now what other mission givers have you guys actually gone and seen because i think there's like six or seven i've seen ruto miles twitch uh pataglia uh the guy what's the guy's uh, the clovis darnili i think is oh, hilarious yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so funny i think that's it for me they're the ones i've yeah. tried to do okay there's also uh, the uh the, the the drug dude what's his name oh yeah he's actually really cool as well but i think he's missing in 317 oh really you're right about i think that. he I might be i might he might be in clash or something i don't know <laughs> Just moved his missionary. You'll just see him hopping the escape route and falling. That would actually be really funny if, like, you had a mission giver that you go to and they just get their their location permanently changed because they got raided. I shouldn't have mentioned prison. Oh boy! Oh. Now we're gonna go on a rant. Yeah, we're just... not we're not to that section yet. Come on, okay. we haven't Let's even wait. talked Hold about good Hold things. Bottle it up, noodle. Hold it in. Bottle Come it up. On. Okay. Well, so let's go from then mission givers to, I guess, what are the actual activities that you can do in this game that are convincingly fun? Because there are a lot that we kind of just throw ourselves at because it's like, okay, this is all that we can do. But like, what's something that you actually are like, ooh, I want to do that? Convincingly fun, you say? There's got to be something. <laughs> you know what well, I, I really enjoy? One, one, of my, one of my favorite things is going to be a bit of a surprise to some people, but... I really enjoy a good like group mining operation. So like where you have some rock miners, it was 312, 313, 
where rock mining was good and prospector mining was good. And also, uh, combat was desinky, but you know, you could have combat. Uh, bounty hunting was out there and everything else. So we would set up a group mining op and it would be like rock miners on Daymar and then prospector miners on Daymar and, or like Yella or something. So it'd be like, you know, five, six people total. And then we'd have a couple of combat ships like, you know, uh, escorting them. And we actually would intentionally mine like kind of near like Shubin mining facility on Daymar because we knew that people would frequent the area. So there was one night in particular, I had the, maybe the most fun I've ever had mining. And don't tell Salty Mike that. Um, but we were protecting our rock miners and we had like a fairly, like probably five or six different people try to come and, you know, mess with the operation. And some of them had bounties. They were all reds, uh, you know, um, one, one after the other. Because Shubin was just really popular at the time in, in 313. And uh, it was just a ton of fun. Our combat pilots had a lot of fun. Uh, we won most of the fights that night. The rock miners came out with good money. The prospector miners came out with good money. Everybody just had fun. And that, that kind of teamwork-based operation, it doesn't matter if it's mining or if it would be salvaging or if it would be exploration stuff or if it would even be bunkers and stuff if there were, if there were bunkers that, you know, groups were a little bit more apt to. Um, just that when, when group gameplay comes together and there's different facets that all come together to make one whole, that to me is like some of the most fun I could have. Yeah, that's the magic of the game. Yeah. Zero. Mm -hmm. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> One of the best nights I ever had in Star Citizen was group mining. Um, I, I, which patch was it? Three? I can't tell if he's being serious. Three, I'm being deadly serious! <laughs> I think it was like 312 or 314 gotcha. or something, right? No, 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 I'm serious. Uh, 312 or 314 or something like that. Me, Cutlet, all of our friends, right? Um, and there was, there was an exploit, no, sorry, a unintended consequence <laughs> where it was possible to get boxes of Hadnite into prison to turn them into merits. It was great. So... We went on mining ops. Uh, there was like six of us or eight of us. Everybody level five crime stat mining. It was amazing. The amount of bounty hunters that came down after us and the amount of action we got was great, dude. There was like two people flying escort. People, the poor cutlet was driving around in his rock trying to stay alive. Dude, <laughs> it was amazing. I recommend group mining. Uh, with level five crime stat to anybody, it's so good. Now there's a twist. Yeah, it's really good. But what do you do about the selling the minerals? Oh no! At th that point, we just took them to, to, to just, prison with us to turn you know, them into minerals. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the that's what you're talking about there. <laughs> I was actually thinking yeah. of how you could make that work without doing that. It, it maybe, I guess they have that traveling merchant that's illegal that's coming into the game. Maybe that's a way that you could sell them. Maybe, yeah. But that yeah. is a very that actually sounds like a lot of fun. I. We used to try something like that. We wouldn't do the crime stat, but we would try the whole do the rock mining, have somebody take the minerals out of the rock, put them on a transportation ship, have that ship go fly and sell them while we're continuing to do all the mining stuff. But the whole theme that you're talking about, Zero, of just kind of getting people to work together, doing different things, but all towards the same goal, it's when you start to realize what Star Citizen is actually good at. It's like, mm. as they this build out these systems... Generally genuinely much better with other people yeah yeah, yeah. 
Uh, you reminded me, Noodle, when you were talking um, about, um, well, and tomato, tomato, you said the same thing about selling the Haydenite, for instance, uh, at play, as a traveling merchant. Uh, Grim Hex at their admin actually buys Haydenite now because uh, you can find Haydenite in chests, in bunkers and things in 317. So, at bunkers and caves. And so, because Grim Hex buys that Haydenite, I assume they would also buy Rockmind Haydenite. So, uh, griefer mining ops are on the table, I guess. Cool. That's Zero, if I don't see you doing a level 5 crime stat mining op in the next week, I'm going to be incredibly disappointed. <laughs> we'll see how mining, we'll see how mining works. But have, there have, is an issue with the rock though, isn't there? I think you can't stack the Hadnite in the, in the container. I can't so you remember. Have to drag each rock one by one, Ooh. which is... But... I recommend anybody use some macro software to transfer from inventory because that's what I've been doing. I just use voice attack and I say transfer from left or transfer from right and it just moves everything one by one. It's amazing. Oh, that's pretty cool. So good. What, yeah. So you just, is that just voice attack or is there something else it has you can to plug use, into? Like you can use like the Logitech macro software, what, any macro software will do it. As long as it can drag your mouse and, and click, then you're good. Um, yeah, but it just keeps running until I tell it to stop. Look at this. Star Citizen about to make a new, a new product, like some kind of a quick macro <laughs> software that's just for inventory management. Speaking of I mining, think, though. Sorry, go ahead. I, just, I was just, just going to say, technically, macros are against TOS, but just don't don't tell them that Moist Noodles... Look at Moist uh, talking about exploits, talking <laughs> about macros. Are you going to get the podcast in trouble? He's Look, a true... I a true All real life. I have a macro for everything, including holding W, so I don't have to actively run. <laughs> Yesterday I was watching Noodle and he goes, Start running. <laughs> <laughs> and his character just takes off. Stop running. Yeah. <laughs> just don't even it's have right. to touch the keyboard anymore. I love it. <laughs> so good. New age gaming. Exactly. Well, going back to mining, because we talked about that a little bit, that's something that's been driving people nuts for like the last six months i haven't done it too much in 317 but i do want to kind of test out the uh the gadgets but have either of you taken a chance to test that out much yes and how uh, is the it? gadgets are nuts <laughs> in a good uh, way well yeah they're, they're useful um I, I was watching salty mike a little bit and he was testing some stuff out having a laugh you know um and uh, yeah, so we, we tested a couple out. I saw a video of a guy who found a rock mineable um, and he put like 10 gadgets on it and then he used a hand mining tool to mine a, a, a rock size, a gray cat rock sized rock. And when he hit the green zone, it went whoop, <laughs> and dropped all of it, like it immediately popped. So I was like, I wonder if you could scale that up and put like 50 of these gadgets on a prospector rock and then mine it with a gray cat rock. And so we tried that. It didn't work because those rocks are thousands of times bigger yeah. you know, and need that much more energy. But it was kind of a cool idea. And then we ended up getting a prospector out and um, cracking a, a, a normal prospector rock like instantly. As soon as, you, as soon as it touched the green zone, it was just done and it just cracked. And it was really fun to do that. How many gadgets and, did that take? I mean, it was, we, we probably had 25 or 30 okay. of them on it, something okay. like that. But you could, I mean, one gadget measurably makes a rock easier to mine. Right. So uh, it's, it's pretty cool when you find, it, I think it really opens up prospector gameplay for people who don't necessarily have 
the upgraded lasers. You know, it might open up other lasers that do other, like the Helix might be back on the menu, um, right? De depending on what it does. Yeah, for people, yeah. You know. it, if if you're now opening up that possibility for solo mining with the gadgets, suddenly people can use all kinds of strategies. I do hope that's yeah. the direction it goes to. I know a lot of people were worried that this would kind of take away from group mining, which it it kind of does. Hopefully, they have some things to to bring that back in. But it is very cool to see. You know, it's not like oh, put a put a gadget on the rock and that takes up the the gadget that slot was... for that rock or something like that. It's just kind of it's an immersive sort of thing. You do as much as you want to put in, and you see how the game mechanics work with you. That was literally what I was about to say. Um, I I found it very strange. Like when they first talked about the mining gadgets on Inside Star Citizen, I literally slapped myself in the face, like face palming so hard because his I forget his name was Dan Truffin. Um, I think his words were, I was playing on my own one night and I was mining and I realized it was hard. So I realized that it would be nice to have a gadget, which my, my mindset in Star Citizen when I'm playing Star Citizen is what can we do to encourage more group gameplay, not take away from group gameplay. Do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying the game should necessarily be built around or should alienate, uh, individual solo players. But, you know, I don't mind, but I'm very friendly with Salty Mike. And Salty Mike has, has told me many, many times that he's never come across a rock that he hasn't been able to crack solo, right? So, I don't know, the, the mining gadgets to me just seem a little bit weird. Um, I regularly I'm sure come I'd... across rocks. That I think that's that's kind of a Maybe thing just need to get good well, that's, um, <laughs> but that's the thing like there's a gradient of of players right like salty mike yeah, is amazing sure. at mining yeah i'm not terrible sure. at mining uh, but i'm also i'm just not not the greatest you know if i come across an 8500 unit rock with a lancet mine uh laser and i only have one more surge in my consumable slot i can't break the rock it's just as simple as that Do you know what i would have preferred to have seen hmm. a bookmark system so you could bookmark that rock and come back to it later with friends. Yeah, right? I, I imagine that's with the, uh, who would that be with? Oh, not the UI team. Well, we might get it with the Moby Glass and hopefully map pre-work, maybe? Maybe. I think they did gonna... mention it on the monthly report this month. Yeah, Placeable I think... stuff like gadgets really does open up the, well, so first off, I think uh, mining gadgets were CIG developing door breaching charges. Pretty sure I that's agree with are. you. I yeah. was going to say that. Yeah. Is yeah. of two reasons. One, they stick to stuff. Two, I watched Captain Burks breach a door in a Carrick with one because he he like I don't know if he stuck it to the door. I don't think he did, but he put it next to the door or two or a couple of them, and then he shot them, and they kind of explode when you shoot them, um, and it did damage to the door and opened it up. So it, it definitely, the the tech is right there. You yeah. Know? They've they showed off that bearing door door breach like. I think it was a, a good year ago now. Um, yeah. And they've been talking about these gadgets that they're working on, the tractor beam, cutting tool, door breach. So should be This soon. is a perfect segment, uh, segue, by the way. Can Hopefully we talk not about FPS stuff? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't do much FPS stuff, although I have yesterday, day before yesterday, I was exclusively doing bunkers all day. I, yeah. <laughs> I can't hi like I used to. That's it's true. Not like it's not they used to be. Um, but I'm so desperate to see things like shields. 
and just more gadgets mm -hmm. for FPS people to use. Well, you must have, the bunkers. You must have been excited about this monthly report then from this week. I think I was drunk when I read it. Wait, what did they talk about? <laughs> <laughs> what did they talk about? I did read it, I promise. I can't remember exactly. Uh, sometimes you gotta be to get through the whole thing. Sure. Um, they mentioned that they were... So they, they mentioned AR markers, which I think has to do in some mm. way with saving locations, like you were saying. Um, yeah. But they also mentioned that the... It's not the art team, because they've already done their stuff. I think it was animation. Yeah, animation team is putting in a lot of work into the gadgets that we already know about. And I think that's referring to the stuff they showed on that episode of ISC last year, which were... The door breaking, breaching charge, the tractor tool, uh, tractor beam tool, salvage tool, cutting tool, and I think that was mainly it. Um, and one thing we've also seen was deployable shields that they've talked about. So I do think that yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like shields would yeah. be freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, that and that kind of stuff's really going to be important for like theaters of war. So it's got to be on their mind. I, I also hope that obviously we got the the network sync fixes in um, three seventeen, but it only really applies to player ships, and yep. they've tried fixing stuff on the NPC stuff as well, uh, ships. And the I PS would really, worse, I, I oh really? Oh well, not much, but like corner peak advantage is like a full second sometimes. Ooh. Um. Well, this is what yeah. I'm talking about. So I'm really hoping. That in either 317.1 or 318, they tried to put some emphasis on network syncing the FPS aspect yeah. a little bit better because it's never been good in Star Citizen. Um, ever since I played the first iteration of the PTU, um, watching other players, they've always been very jittery and rubber bandy. But mm -hmm. especially this last year or so, you know, the, the clip that always sticks in my head was when Burks was doing that test in SBK and he told somebody to sprint and charge around the corner and it was literally three seconds of desync. Yep. What, what both people saw was completely different, you know. So basically you have sprinter's advantage, right? Which just, that's how up until this patch, whenever I've done a bunker, I've done it naked and with my bare fists, because I literally just sprint from NPC to NPC and karate chop them. It's the best way to do you it know? anyways. Um, yeah. True. It's a little bit harder when they're spawning nonstop now. <laughs> it's funny, and, and Manoodle, feel free to uh, augment this too, but it feels like the reason that uh, your ship bounties have gotten harder is not so much because the AI got better, it's because the sink got yes. better. And instead of the AI shooting... 500 meters behind you as you orbit around them slowly they're kind of shooting at you now yeah. because the positional desync in ships got so much better so the reason that bunkers i think are still so janky is there's just a ton of like information overload for those ai and they're like okay the players over here so then they unload a whole magazine into that area you know and uh if you happen to be there you get all of it all at once and so that's, you know, we get a lot of like instant deaths in bunkers and stuff like that. So there's yeah. a lot of goofiness in FPS, but the potential for FPS is is incredible. I mean, with the different gadgets, uh, door breaching stuff, I mean, um, placeable mines and stuff. I mean, imagine putting a mine down and then holding an area and having an NPC walk into it and blow his own ass up, you know, and that's just so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You hear him go, oh, shit, boom. You know? <laughs> 
the, that'd just be so awesome. The environments of this game combined with the fact that they're going so deep into FPS is going to make for some really fun stuff. I mean, these these abandoned space stations that they're showing us, you know, I'm imagining, which is a, a dangerous thing to do with this game, but <laughs> but I'm imagining in the future having firefights in these zero-G environments where you can, you know, float or even use push and pull to move around inside of a space station, shooting at people, um, throwing throwing grenades in zero-G and stuff like that, boarding Sassable. a ship. Yeah, that kind of that stuff sounds great. really fun. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it FPS is not really at a place where you guys would recommend it right now. I, I mean, obviously there are there are people who are gonna mill sim no matter what. Right. 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 But not necessarily um, like one of the more fun things to do or well, I I don't know. Like I think it for me, I am all for the emergent gameplay rather than like pre setup events. It's not really what I got into Star Citizen for. I came from the EVE Online community. I played EVE Online for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of looking for that experience. Not like the thousands, 20 million people in one fight kind of scenario. Just like, um, kind of like the drama, the org drama, uh, and the the battles, you know, the actual. Yeah. Um, but uh, I absolutely understand that there is a huge, like, milsim following when it comes to star citizen and i want those people to have fun too it's one of the things that makes star citizen great right is that it attracts people from so many different kind of gaming backgrounds um and yep. m- merges them into one yeah universe that's um, such a good point i mean i can't tell you like while streaming and i'm sure you get this too noodle somebody will be like i used to play no man's sky and I, i'm getting in i want to get into star Citizen. i used to play elite dangerous and i want to get into. i used armor. to play call of duty i used to play arma <laughs> it's I used everything to play yeah. world as well like um, i used to play i used to play daisy i used to i mean yeah. every genre of game yeah. people come for star citizen and it's mm-hmm. it's incredible i used to play doki doki literature club and i want to get into star <laughs> Citizen. <laughs> it's a very one-to-one conversion there but that's yeah, that's it's why crazy it's that's how it why, just pulls from every genre. It's so special in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I start every podcast out kind of asking people how they got into this. Cause every single time, I mean, it's, there are some that always pop out, you know, people, people come from like elite dangerous Ultima online, star Wars galaxies. Like there are games that a lot of people come from into this one, but you're absolutely right. I've never played an no, MMO before this game. I was never a PC gamer before this game. I didn't care for space Sims before this game, but like it just happens. Dude. It's funny you say that because prior to me playing Star Citizen, I'd stopped gaming altogether. Like I was working my uh, my job, like I was in my career and I was like, right, well, I'm going to be working in IT for the rest of my life. Right, Zero? Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's definitely not a soul-sucking, mind-numbing career. Um, <laughs> um and yeah, I just, I wasn't playing games anymore. And as Star Citizen has developed, I found myself playing Star Citizen more and more. And actually, thanks to Star Citizen, I've gotten into other games like DCS World and I've been playing Elden Ring as well. And speaking of DCS World, what's been really nice is, you know, 3.16 was not a good patch for me at all. Like every patch for, for like two years, the desync was getting worse. And by the time it got to 316, I was like, I'm I'm done. No, I, I literally can't point. play anymore. Like, um, it was just so frustrating <laughs> how bad it was. So I started playing DCS World. I learned how to fly the F-18. And 
there was a guy that I met called Rishai, and he taught me how to fly the F-18, but he runs an aerial display group in the DCS community called the Virtual Black Knights. And holy moly, these guys were incredible. And um, more recently, he's been teaching me how to fly the F-16. And as a big thank you, because it's not a small task to learn how to fly these planes. And he was incredibly patient. Um, as a big thank you, I actually gave him a Sabre package, a Star Citizen. And I was like, hold on to this. When the network sync is no longer super janky, you are coming to play Star Citizen with me. And I, I never really expected him to stick around. But literally the day that 317 dropped, he'd been watching my streams. And he was like, do I play now? And I was like, you play now. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? He's got his own group. There's like six of them now playing. He oh, got all of his great. friends to start wow. playing too. And they have <laughs> been playing feat. every day. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, I think just to bring it back, I, 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 the thing that I love about Star Citizen is how it brings people from pretty much what feels like every genre and, um, to bring it back to where we came from, FPS needs some love, the, the FPS yeah. sync, because I'm terrible at FPS games, but, um, I see the importance of it because at the end of the day, I want to be a dropship pilot. Right, I want to. I want to drop ground troops. Um, I want to fight and support ground troops in the air. Um, I and I, I want a reason to dogfight. Um, so it's important to me that those people also have a good experience. Yeah, yeah. And you can do that stuff now. It's just not quite there. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's it's a little unfair. I mean, it would be unfair for me to say that FPS isn't enjoyable. I mean, they've put more like. And I actually, I've ranted about this recently, but the, the main focus of 315, which there's been other things put into, but 315, 316, and now 317 has continuing to be like the looting system, the looting cell system. You're doing most of these things in FPS. You're getting out of your ship, you're finding a bunch of stuff in caves, and you're selling it at stations. You're not doing your, you're not, you're not in your ship for a lot of that. Right. You know, and to, to have a giant chunk of your gameplay be so e-sinky, and so at the moment, not really that buggy but 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 buggy but just so much of that desync like that needs to be a focus to me if, if you're going to be pushing your players and even mining with the gadgets you're getting out of your ship and you're into fps like fps and putting something on a rock like we're spending more time like on our feet out of our ships than we ever have in star citizen and the, the devs are clearly pushing us in that direction this uh you know the event Stuff that we talked about a little bit of, uh, coming up with Invictus, like that's we're going to be on our feet, you know, for a lot of it and uh, that kind of stuff. And um, it but just least... it, when they're pushing us in those directions, like uh, I mean, they really have to make that a focus. Like making that work well has to be a focus if yeah. they're going to be pushing us in that direction. You know, I think this definitely starting to head in the right direction. And this is a weird thing to mention, but I think it, it is relevant in the, for example, the ground vehicles. Right, the, the Tonk and the Ballista, they really narrowed down the signatures of those vehicles um, in 317. So yeah. much so that I was at the river in a hurricane with a friend in the turret. And we were sat still and I just saw my shield almost disappear. And I was like, what the? 
<laughs> What's going on? And then my turret gunner was like, there's a tank. <laughs> I didn't even see it on radar and it was right next to us. So I had to fly evasive to try and find this tank, you know, and it was, it was so much fun. Um, so yeah, just more, more love for FPS, please. And I, th I think what I'm asking for really is I just, I'm not saying it, it can't be fun. I just want it to be more fair. And it's not very fair when the person who's sprinting has the advantage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially with yeah. such a short time to kill. Mm, yeah, exactly. The, I, I do agree with you, Zero, what you're saying. They're, they're putting more focus into it. I think really with the inclusion of Pyro, not to get too off topic here, um, but I am. But the inclusion of Pyro seems to be focusing a lot on that stuff. The, the new ground outposts, right? The, um, the new traveling merchants that you can meet on ground, the planetary navigation mesh for NPCs, the ground vehicles are getting improved. All these things seem to be pointing towards what you're saying, that ground gameplay is becoming much more important. So I would expect that they would focus on making that experience more, more feasible. Um, hopefully, I, I, I know we say this about everything, but hopefully server meshing will, will help there um in Soon. <laughs> getting rid of some of that yeah that does desync problems but let's turn back towards something that works really well so we talked about mining kind of doing all right right now how is uh cargo hauling any of you take part in that stuff well, well i'm gonna defer to noodle to this that. oh boy here we go all right <laughs> it's, all, lately. it's literally all i did yes well almost all i did yesterday um it's still terrible dude well Yay. look so let's not call it cargo tra uh, cargo hauling okay it's trading mm -hmm. right and first of all i think the biggest issue that i have with it in star citizen in that um a truck driver irl is not a stockbroker right uh or like they they don't buy the goods that they are loading onto their trucks. I mean, they, they can if they want to, but that's generally not how it works. Um, I'm a, a nerd and I play quite a lot of Euro Truck Simulator and American Truck Simulator. And I think kind of what I want is, I, I'm not very smart. I don't want to have to deal with the trading aspect, right? Just give me goods to move from A to B and I will be a happy man. Um, I, I really think that CIG need to, first of all, separate tr trading from hauling. They should be two different professions, essentially. Um, but for what we have right now, I thought we were going to talk about something that works well. Uh, what we have right now does not work <laughs> well. Because two years ago, um, they limited the quantity of stock available at every location. And it wasn't enough back then um, for the amount of people who were trading. But guess what? There's more people playing Star Citizen now than ever before, so it's even worse now. And I, I had people coming into my chat um, earlier on in the week who were saying, trading's amazing, Noodle, you should try it. So I tried it. The only reason trading is working okay right now is because so few people doing it. But the moment that people start thinking that trading is good again, then we circle back to the same problem again, that there won't be enough stock for everybody. And I, for me, it, it's just been, I'm really disappointed that we've had this issue for two years. People who enjoy trading, like I'm not, you know, I, I do some, well, historically I've done some trading in, in the background. It's a nice way to chill out. But um, two years and CIG has never really um 
touched on or tried to solve the issue. But 318, um, I would hope, given well. that we're getting the physicalized cargo system in 318, that CIG might finally um, tie trading in with the Quanta system, which might solve the problem, hopefully. We'll, we'll see if we get that physicalized cargo. We will see. I don't know. They've been they've been quite hope so. quite quiet about it, but um, they have been quiet. I, I really hope so, though, because uh, for me, one of the things that I'm most excited for is piracy, right? And uh, trading or cargo hauling. Um, the the state of cargo hauling and trading doesn't just affect people who trade or cargo haul, right? It mm -hmm. also affects pirates which then also affects security organizations. It has this trickle-down effect. And if, if we can get, and bounty hunting as well. So if we can get, um, if we can get trading and cargo hauling into a, a good state, um, it actually affects way more people than just the, the traders or the yeah. cargo haulers. You know? yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, that kind that's of thing. That's we'll everything. A couple times. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we mentioned this a couple of times, that the uh, and we've talked a little about the ecosystem idea you know is like you cig really has to nail down and figure out what do i develop and what do i make work well that creates those trickle down effects that noodle mentioned you know because they can create things at the end of that chain and like oh we made this gun work better or whatever but it's like if we make it so that you know cargo is physicalized well now traders get you know whatever benefit this might be blah, blah 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 and then we can start doing this with like ship weights and different things and how they fly and stuff and oh and pirates are going to benefit because piracy is going to be you know this that and the other thing and it just and our dynamic events are going to get better because of physicalized cargo or whatever it might be so cig really i think could benefit probably from trying to figure out as good as they can how do we develop things and make things work well that benefit more than one group of people and yeah. how you know and and build those things into the game yeah. and i think I cargo think the cargo refactor is a great one i think it's Agreed. also really interesting to highlight how a bug somewhere else in the game can destroy an entire profession in the game in uh, and the example that i will give are the ert and vaughn missions with the hammerheads the hammerheads do not countermeasure for torpedoes right so Every two minutes with an eclipse, I can earn 40, 45,000 UEC doing the Vaughn missions. Ooh, nice. Because I could just fly in with my eclipse, torpedo it with like 100% success rate with hitting with a torpedo and just jump out, grab another mission. So if I'm earning that much money doing that, why, why would I ever need to trade? Sounds like right? Noodle is capitalizing on another exploit. <laughs> I've already reported it. <laughs> okay, it's not my fault. Hey, so hopefully it's fixed it's for point there. one, maybe. It's there. Get some nobody, money. Nobody tell Noodle that the Idris doesn't shoot back. Ooh. Wait, what? <laughs> I was watching somebody... Burst the other day and he was fighting an Idris and it just didn't work. It just so somebody, somebody in my chat this morning told me. Uh, and I need to test it this afternoon. In fact, I might test it as soon as I'm done with the podcast. That if you go to a mission with a hammerhead or any ship, right, in atmosphere, that you then land, it won't shoot you. <laughs> so I'm huh. going to give that one a go later. <laughs> yeah, it's worth giving it a try. <laughs> Just take my, take my hurricane, land, get in the turret. It's going to be great. On this topic, I think this will be a great 
kind of last one for us to touch on in terms of what's good, what's bad to do in the game right now. Let's envelop ship combat. Whether you're doing bounty hunting, whether you're doing some piracy kind of stuff, or you're just hanging out and running some mercenary missions or something. Where, do, where does ship combat land on the scale for you guys when it comes to fun things to do in this game? For me, it's the best it's been in years. But there are still technical issues. Mm -hmm. The hit reg right now is pretty bad. Apparently it's an issue with the hitboxes on ships and then the faster that you'll go. It's a bit like desync, but it's the hitbox moves further away from the ship the faster it's going. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But it's just so nice to for the ship that you're fighting to actually be where it appears to be and to not yep. just randomly explode anymore because on the server side you've crashed into each other but on your client you were 300 meters apart yep right you know? yeah so i mean um, i had a great fight against a constellation i was in a sentinel it was and it was two people in it so they had a turret gunner i was like well i needed to stay on the bottom side of it and in 315 316 didn't matter you had no mm -hmm. idea if you were on the bottom side of a ship yeah <laughs> And so I was actually able to outturn it, outstrafe it, and stay on its bottom side to keep myself away from that turret gunner. And I ended up killing the constellation. It was a, it, it was a good fight. That's um, cool. And it just it felt so good yeah. to be like, I, know, I see where you are, and that's where you are. You know, some that's strategy, what, good feeling. Prior to 317, that was my biggest bugbear, right? And that if you have any level of skill with flight in Star Citizen, it's impossible to, well, not impossible, but you can't make use of all the skill that you have in terms of flight. Uh, because essentially what most people would do prior to 317 in size 2 ships, especially the Ares before they got smacked into the ground, which we won't get into that topic, but CIG. Uh, um, <laughs> what most size 2 ships would do is just abuse desync, get to maximum speed, turn around and face you. So on my screen, I am right over the top of them, shooting them in the back. On their screen, I'm actually 300 meters behind them, right. presenting my full cross section to them, yeah. and I'm in a light fighter and I'm easy to kill. Yeah, you know, and there's, there's, it was. How do you avoid that, right? You have to get like 300 meters ahead of them. It's just, it was super frustrating. But yeah, it's, I, I can't bring myself to complain about the hit reg really mm -hmm. at the moment because I would choose shitty hit reg but good network sync mm -hmm. than what we had prior to this, right? right. So um, we'll see how it goes for 317.1 or 318. Hopefully they might have fixed the hit reg issues by then. Yeah. Um, and from what but, I understand, the hit reg issue was always there. It was just attached to the desync. Yeah, So when they got exactly. rid of the desync, it uncovered the hit reg issue, which yeah. they couldn't. They uncovered it kind of late, so they couldn't fix it for 317 is what they yeah. said. And yeah. so... Maybe 317.1 will come with a fix. I mean, we can huff a little copium there, but maybe it'll be 318. <laughs> huff away. But either way, they're, they're aware of it and they're working on it, which is really yeah. cool to see that communication from the devs. Obviously, yeah. there's there's still a lot of balancing to go. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of weapons feel super whack. Um, it's, it's a little bit disappointing that all components are practically the same at the moment. Um, but realistically, I think until we get the armor system in the game, yeah, um, we're kind of going to be stuck in this situation um, some ballistic weapons just seem crazy. Um, luckily, that hasn't really taken off as a meta yet, and I, I kind of hope it doesn't. Um, but, um, yeah, and UI as well. Like, UI, 
man, it's still, there's a lot to be desired. Um, mm -hmm. And I really, really miss having uh, a helmet HUD. And I know they talked about it on in the monthly report yeah. this month, but I really genuinely miss seeing self-target and target, uh, sorry, self-status and target status on my Those helmet. So great. Yeah. So Those when I look so around with my head tracking, because, you know, most of the time when I'm dogfighting, you know, I'm looking up with my head tracking to track the yep. target. I want to see what's happening to my shields and their shields as we're we're turning, yeah. you know, and I'm pretty yeah. desperate for that. Agreed. Um, Hopefully with the visor rework, we see that brought yeah. back. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's going to be half, that's player attached. It's not ship attached. I mean, sort of, it's ship related, but it it was always a more of a visor thing. And they did yeah. the sliced canvas HUD or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, so they've been working on the HUD, but I don't even know if that's a HUD edition. That's more of a... No, they talked about a, it in the monthly report. It's actually yeah. the visor. Yeah, yeah. visor. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so hopefully we'll have that soon. And the MFDs. Uh, man, let, like, should we talk about for a second about how a lot of people on Reddit thought that size two ships no longer had shields on the side <laughs> because of the because of the MFDs? Oh, good. Um, but you can kind funny. of blame CIG a little yeah. bit for that because their their MFD shows tw you know fifty fifty zeros, and yeah. so you look at it, and you go, oh, my side shields don't have any shields. Yeah, but you you know you got to translate that from simple MFD speak to the game you know yeah that's but, one of those yeah. weird funny. weird things that that comes up with the changes that they're making yeah um, and i have i have the a same question that people have with the like the i'm flying my constellation why do i only have 25 percent shields all the way around it's like well it's 100 percent. it's just split four ways yeah yeah but it's a it's a a step that mo a lot of people's minds don't take when they see 25s on their screen yeah. right you know yeah it's i not have a funny feeling charged. as well that the MFDs are probably the reason why I lose like 20 FPS when I look forward in my cockpit. It wouldn't surprise me. Because um, it's, it's still the original tech, right? That's probably really poorly optimized. So um, maybe once we get the new MFDs, we'll get better performance in cockpits. Because mm -hmm. it is actually quite an F, depending on obviously what GPU and CPU that you have. If you are lower on hardware, uh, lower end yeah. hardware you probably don't want to be losing like 10 or 20 fps when you're in a cockpit right yeah so yeah. the asop terminals use similar tech to mfds right uh, i well, think it's the same tech, the asop right? terminals use they building just redid blocks the asop terminals so maybe mfds it's just generally be... rendered to texture yeah. stuff right so yeah i don't think the mfds um, are on building blocks or anything no they're oh. not not yet yeah. so that's literally what we're waiting on now yeah. yep um going back to the ship combat real quick uh just before we wrap things up one last question i wanted to ask was when you're fighting people because you you guys both sort of got into this topic of um you like moist you said that ballistics were very powerful and um and you talked about your fight with the constellation zero do you feel like you guys are seeing enough or i won't say enough because that's an obvious no do you feel like you're seeing a good amount and entertaining amount of diversity between fights can you go into a fight and actually figure out hey um, this is what i need to do to beat this person mm, yes and no so the one thing that i was worried about prior to 317 going live was that everybody was just going to be running the new ballistic gatlings in talons but luckily that hasn't really taken off um i am seeing diversity in ships that I'm fighting, I, like I'll be one minute I'll fight a vanguard, the next I'll fight a, a constellation, and it's really nice actually seeing people putting friends on turrets. Yeah, um, it does make the fight a lot more challenging as a light fighter pilot. Um, I'm seeing people in hurricanes. I'm I'm literally seeing all sorts. What I'm not seeing though is variation of weapons. 
everyone's just using energy yep. repeaters at the moment, which okay. is kind of lame, I'll be honest. A little meta. Oh, uh, it's, it's only meta because nothing else is. Yeah, nothing else <laughs> really works very well. And like you distortions know, so. even were kind of an interesting addition to some builds because like, okay, yeah. now you're dealing with a little bit of like, you got to worry about the distortion weapon and the mm -hmm. other person doesn't have as much damage, but they got the distortion. So it's kind of a cool little, you know, meta change. Yeah. But yeah. now distortions are just, I mean, I don't know to say useless, but they're pretty close to useless. So mm -hmm. it's, we firmly cemented the laser repeater meta as this is what you fit on a light fighter. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't put anything else on right now. So, yeah. Well, hopefully they continue with what they did last year with some of the combat tuning they started. Cause I think both on the FPS and ship side of things, once we start getting better damage types and stuff, get a little bit more exciting to fight with people. Just want to say that I think one of the best changes that CIG ever made to their development structure was adding the ship experience and player experience teams. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That really um, is those guys, a lot of those guys came from the community. Mm -hmm. Um, they, still do. Yeah. they, yeah. And they, um, they really do listen to feedback. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be implemented. What, you know, what you want will be implemented or, um, cause obviously you're sharing an opinion, but, um, it's the player experience and, and ship experience is definitely getting better. And I think that is mostly down to those two teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I think one thing that they've definitely proven at CIG is that the people who are making the game want a lot of the same things as the people who are playing it. it. It doesn't always translate well enough into the game, but like when we hear them talk, when I've talked to them, when, like you were saying now, the a lot of the player experience team, the people who have the first say on these kinds of things are people who from the community there's a lot of agreement between where we want the game to go with some of these things. And that's always been kind of nice because you see things happen and you're like, okay, that's exactly what the community wanted. This desync fix was, was huge. Um, yeah, definitely something a lot of people were looking forward to. So I'm excited yeah. about that, that team. Yeah. Man, we haven't even talked about frigging performance. Yeah. The, the game, although for me, my frame rate hasn't really gone up, but um it feels so much smoother um it just doesn't really hitch and stutter anywhere near like it used to um so yeah, yeah just generally the, the game just feels so good at the moment well and and you know. we we don't talk about things when they go away because we yeah. dealt with them for so long that now they're gone and we're like we just kind of don't think about it mm -hmm. but i have far less of those you try to engage your quantum and it doesn't engage yeah less of those and mm -hmm. it, it still happens once in a while, but not as often. And less of like when you come into Portal Lazar, there's like that 10 seconds of like your ship just non-responsive because yep. there's yeah. like some resync event happening. I haven't had that happen once in 3.17 yet. So it's like, these hmm. are big changes to our gameplay that we just kind of, we gloss over because we, our brains are just kind of wired to expect something to work, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. Canopy opening and closing, that oh, was a gosh, good one. That, that went so away annoying. and no, nobody oh, remembers it gosh. anymore. <laughs> you just be flying and it <laughs> you're like, wait, 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 why? Yeah. 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 All right, well. I always love the saber. They fixed the saber with that by, I think it was the saber or the gladius, by install, they changed the ship. They installed these little canopy locks <laughs> that would cycle gosh. to keep the canopy shot so it could open. Got all oh, the great. Down. Well, guys, that about wraps up our hour here. 
I appreciate you both coming on the show. This is a fantastic talk. I think this is a great look at kind of some of the things that do and don't really work that well in the game right now, but a good progress update per se on what gameplay is like for the multitude of people who are starting to join the game now. You know, 317 brought some stability. There are new YouTubers and streamers who are playing the game, bringing it to new audiences. Um, we got a big dynamic event coming up this this month. And honestly, more kind of excitements going into space games. So I think this is a good time to give people a little bit of an update on what's going well with the game. So thank you both. But if you'd like, um, please tell everybody where they can find you, what kind of content you're making, and um, how often you take advantage of exploits in the game. Um, <laughs> Twitch twitch.tv forward slash moist and it's gone noodle. I pretty much stream every day. I'm starting to stream from midday British time. Uh, real time, sorry. Um, uh, if you like hearing people rant about prison, didn't even rant about prison, Tomato. Um, my stream is probably the stream for you, but I, I'm, I'm pretty much doing something different every day now. Uh, so I'm not just exclusively dogfighting, um, which is kind of cool. Um, but for me, it's the game is the best it's ever been. And uh, I'm a lot less ranty than I used to be. Um, Didn't get so. to get to prison today, unfortunately. We'll save that for a whole podcast Next episode. Time. Yeah, Episode 69. 69. Prisons. That's just a bad <laughs> combo. You can basically take a, a microcosm of how many rants Noodle, like his, uh, I call it RPW, rants per week. And then <laughs> take that number and that will tell you how the game is doing. If you watch Moist Noodle. Sounds like week. a just an analytic you can pull up on the Twitch <laughs> Twitch manager RPW. As somebody yeah, just said in in my chat, less salty, more moist. Mm, true. Mm. Mm. Osmosis. Yeah. So keep an eye on that uh, RPW numbers, everybody, and I'll yes. tell you how the game's doing. <laughs> uh, where, Zero, where, where can, can everybody can... find you? Zero. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Tomato. This is your podcast, my bad. <laughs> no, please. The, the host noodle. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on uh, OnlyFans.com forward slash zero. No, I'm kidding. Cool. Um, the Twitch <laughs> Twitch.tv forward slash zero state. Uh, I stream like, I don't know, five or six days a week because apparently I have no life. And uh, yeah, I have a terrible YouTube channel and I post stupid stuff on Twitter sometimes, but mostly the Twitch thing. I love watching and, you uh, both yeah. on Twitter. I, I have a blast. It's some good humor. I should probably, oh God, I almost got canceled on Twitter. Let's not go into that. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm trying to behave myself on Twitter. I remember now. that day. I had to do some, I, I'm a mod for Noodle as well, and I had to do some damage control and it was great. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Scandal. Thanks, Zero. You'll get paid one bad. day, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. I have hot takes. Oh, we love hot takes, though. Especially on Twitter. It's the home of hot Not takes. Not as hot takes as uh, HC Vertigo does. <laughs> with his low-flying. HC Vertigo also has plenty He's of hot takes. I enjoy watching HC on, uh, on, on the um, captain's table. Plenty of hot oh, takes yeah. there with Paul. Mm-hmm. But anyways, guys, thank you again. I've got to get ready for a stream. Moist, I know you're you're live right now, so you're probably getting back to it. Zero, I don't know what you're doing, but maybe we'll all be jumping back into, into Star Citizen here. But I'd like to thank you both for coming to the show. Episode 50. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm more than excited to be at that point. But um, this has been the Launch Sequence Podcast. I've been your host, Keenan, And thank you all for coming and listening. We'll see you in the next one.